That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. Yo, what's up? Thanks for tuning in today. Thanks to humans for bringing us in. Robbie, you have a beautiful voice, man. Jeez. Um, But in any case, Robbie, man, badass voice. If you haven't checked out humans music, please go do that. Uh, They got some great stuff out there doing some cool things. Um, Also, thanks to you for supporting the show. Um, Thanks for uh, feedback. I get some awesome emails of, of recovery accomplishments and questions and all kinds of stuff. And, uh, today we're going to go over a little bit of that. We're going to jump into some, some, uh, some of the private Facebook group. Obviously I'm not going to use anyone's names because it's a private group, but what I did is I went through, I went through the feed on there. I don't get as much time as I'd like to, to go through and, and answer questions. Um, any, any, uh, thoughts that are in there or leave my own ideas or thoughts that, uh, and not that I would have the answers anyways, I don't have all the answers. So let me just very, be very clear about that. Um, but you know, on occasion there is some, some, uh, some folks in there and even myself on certain days where I feel like, man, like I'm a bit confused and you know, I, uh, I went through the feed and I, I kind of took some, some of the comments and some of the, um, some of the questions and thoughts and some of the quotes. And I just, I just put them down on paper and I'm going to go through some of them and I'm going to talk about some of them today. And, uh, I just also want to compliment, um, our group, sober guy, sober girl group. It's, it's an amazing group of people in there. There's men, there's women, and they are all over the world all different parts of the country and of the world, like I said, and, uh, the support that's going on in there, man, like I was just kind of blown, blown back by, you know, someone would leave a comment and then there'd be like 10 plus comments behind it, man, you can do this. You know, here's what I do. Um, you know, just, uh, here, here's a, here's another resource that I like to use. Um, just all kinds of good stuff. So if you're not part of that group and you're listening to this right now, you can go on Facebook and you can just search out sober guy, sober girl, and, uh, it'll pop up for you and you can request an ad and we'll get you in there. If you're looking for some sort of extra support, uh, that is really 24 seven around the clock, you have some connections in there that, that you can reach out to. Um, you can also go to that sober and uh, you can click on, there's a button on there that will add you to the Facebook group or get you get you there to request an ad as well. Um, on that soberguy.com, you can also sign up for the emails, uh, send the show out weekly. You can look for past podcast uh, Sober Guy radio episodes. And uh, also you can download the six quick tips to quit drinking in 24 hours, a little guide I put together to help get you on the right track. It is not something that's going to save your ass right off the bat. You really got to put the work in and uh, you got to be willing to go to any lengths uh, to do that. And uh, that means dropping ego, dropping pride and uh, really standing up and saying like, I want to change my life. Uh, so this guide is um, is not going to do that for you, but what it will do is it will get you on the right track in thinking about these are some of the little things that I can do to start preparing my mind um, you know, to, to make some changes. So you can download that there. Let's do our iTunes review of the week. This, uh, this comes from Levi. It says great podcast. It's five stars. This is a nice, short and sweet one. Uh, it says episode on strong lifts was great. So if you go back to episode 32, what Levi's referring to is, uh, I did a, I did a quick episode about strong lifts and strong lifts is a five by five weightlifting program. It's an app that I actually have on my phone. And, uh, it's real simple. You can get the workout in in under an hour and it's, uh, it's, it's really based around deadlifts and squats, um, and everything really in, in the squat rack pretty much other than, you know, I guess you could do the bench and squat rack if you, if you wanted to, too. Um, but just some of those basic exercises, full body exercises that are going to help build muscle 
and um, and and be able to do it in a short period of time if you're on a, a time crunch. So you can go back and check that one out too. And Levi, thanks for the review on that. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that myself. It's it's been uh, been quite a while since I've heard that one. And um, the Stronglist program, man, that's one of the one of the programs that actually I found that I I did see some some results out of. And, um, um, it was, uh, it, it was, uh, I don't want to say hard, um, but it is an intense program once you start getting the weight up there. And as I get older, um, weights, uh, I, I'm not sure if necessarily they're, they're, you know, my, my thing, my cup of tea, I'm still kind of going back and forth in between that and, um, and just, uh, just trying to get some general exercise in and, and stay, stay somewhat healthy. But in any case, Definitely a good one. Check that one out. Thanks again, Levi. Let's do a word from our sponsor, and then we're going to get the show on the road. At Foundations Recovery Network, our mission is to create lifetime relationships for long-term recovery. In our history of doing good is the promise of your future getting better. So if you or someone you love needs help, please know we are here to help. And the sign on our door says, we care. We create an individualized treatment plan for the whole person, for the whole you, because to us, you matter. The first step to recovery is heroic. We know that. And with our heroes in recovery movement, we honor those who have taken that step toward recovery and stand up for you and stand beside you and stand together to break the stigma placed on addiction. Call our confidential and private line at 877-714-1318. We are here to help you. And help has a phone number, 877-714-1318. Make the call. We're listening. We're Foundations Recovery Network. Thanks to Foundations for supporting the show. Now, like I said before, I went through the Sober Guy, Sober Girl group. I scrolled down. I went over all kinds of awesome content that um, that people are posting in their questions and thoughts and ideas and quotes, and I kind of just put some of them down that I thought really stood out to me, and uh, we're going to go through them right now. So I want to say thanks again to everyone who's in the group for your participation and for helping to keep me sober and for helping uh, other people that are out there in the group and, and, um, and working towards living a healthier, positive lifestyle. Um, you guys are all awesome. And I'm just so, um, so grateful to be a part of that group. Um, this first one that stands out, uh, to me, it's, uh, I titled it stuck in my head and, uh, says when I get stuck in my head, it usually means, well, actually, this isn't what it said. This is kind of my feedback based on on stuck in my head. Um, when I get stuck in my head, it usually means I'm focused on myself or things that are going on in my life that I can't control. So it was recently pointed out to me to go over to a section in the big book on page 84 um, and do it daily to kind of keep this in check. So let me grab my big book because... I think what I want to do is just read right off of 84 and and read this uh read this page here. And see let's see um here we go. Okay. So and and let me let me be clear on something. This was pointed out to me in doing step work. And I have begun to see the importance of doing the step work. Um there's, there's more to the programs than just going to meetings. Now, the meetings are a great part of the program, so I'm not downplaying that, but I think the step work is really where the recovery process, um, you know, like, like I was saying earlier about the, the guide or whatever, you know, you got to put the work in um, with regards to the six quick tips guide. It's not, it doesn't just, you don't just pick up some, some, um, you know, some of the sayings and the lingo and go to a few meetings and all of a sudden you're cured. Um, it's, you know, actually learning about what alcoholism is and, and how we treat it and knowing what to expect from it. So, and not that I, you know, know everything or anything at that <laughs> every day is a learning a learning process a learning uh there's a learning curve for me too but my hope is to be able to share a little bit of that on on my little journey in itself and hopefully it can help somebody else out there too and down the line 
you know, you continue to do that. And that person you helped continues to do that. And that person they helped continues to do that. And that's really what uh, the, the, the program is about. So this says uh, on page 84, continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with somebody immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. So I don't have um, an issue with the love part. I don't have an issue with either part, but I'm just saying if I had to compare the two. Tolerance, on the other hand, that's a tough one for us sometimes. That's a tough one for me. How can I be tolerant of a stupid motherfucker? (laughs) And I hope you didn't sense anger in my voice there. It was no anger whatsoever. It was supposed to be more comedy. Um, But how can I be tolerant of some dipshit who... You know, maybe he is a loudmouth. Maybe he's an arrogant prick. Maybe he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. And I know that he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Um, but what does that do to me by, um, you know, by judging him or trying to fix him or or her, um, or you know, getting upset, letting somebody else's responses or their attitudes or whatever affect me. That's on me. It's not on them. See, first, first, you know, my first thought would be, well, that, you know, that asshole made me feel this way, or he said this and he offended me. No, it doesn't work like that. I offend myself. I make myself feel a certain way. And once, once we can you know, or once I can kind of grasp the concept of that in the moment I'm talking about, cause I, you know, I've done work on this stuff. So I know it in my head. I know what the right response to be would be. Um, but a lot of the time in the moment, it's an emotional response and that's what can get us in trouble and back to getting stuck in our own head that, so one instance like that of not being intolerant of somebody you know, or, or, you know, not being on point, I guess, and not being conscious of where I'm at in my recovery in that day and keeping these things fresh and and constantly, you know, putting the work in that one moment can get me off track and get me stuck in my head, which, which can then turn into a couple days or a week or a month. And God forbid after, you know, a certain amount of time, I go back to drinking again because I'm not. So you see what I'm saying? I don't know if that makes sense. If, if, um, you know, that kind of pattern, you can see that pattern, how that happens. And, uh, this, this kind of comes to like with a mindset of, there's a lot of people in early recovery in the group. There's a, there's a lot of people with some time also. Um, I think it's a good mix and, and that's, that's why I think the group is so great, but for the people that are early on, like, you know, in your first year, your first month, um, you know, the, these are the patterns that, um, that could, that could really jack us up, you know, if we're not staying conscious on it and, and putting, putting the work in. So I think what I want to do here, actually, let me, let me read that one more time on, on page 84. It's such a, it's such a good, uh, a good daily, you know, daily thing to keep in mind and use, um, So it says, continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God to remove them at once. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. Um. Notice two pointed out, we discuss them with someone immediately. So that really focuses on communication. We don't hold it in. You know, I can't, if something bothers me, I can't hold it in. You know, I have to let it out. I have to tell somebody, you know, I need to call somebody. I need to go to a meeting and talk about it. Um, you know, I need to, even if it's, if it's my wife, I need to communicate to her, Hey babe, this is how I'm feeling right now. Um, I need a minute to to gather my thoughts, to step outside, you know, or here, let me talk to you about if it's a if it's a comfortable situation to talk about. 
um, with, with your, with your spouse, of course, is what I'm saying. Um, sometimes we can't talk to our spouses about stuff. Sometimes we need a friend or a sponsor or, you know, somebody that's in the recovery realm who kind of knows what, what we're going through and can relate to that. Um, so let's move on to this second, second part of this. Um, well, there's more than, there's quite a few little parts and we're just going to kind of, I'm just going to kind of scroll through them here. Um, so this next one was a quote, I think. And yeah, it was a quote. And I, I really, I like this quote a lot. It said, the source of suffering is non-acceptance. The source of suffering is non-acceptance. The source of suffering is non-acceptance. So when we cannot accept something, if I can accept my current situation, where I sit right now, what I do today, where my life is at, where my work is at, where my marriage is at, where my kids are at, everything around me, where my financial situation is at, where my court situation is at, everything, no matter good or bad. You hear that loud ass car going by. I don't know. That sounded like a, a, a Chevelle. Maybe I'm just going to throw a guess out there. Sounded pretty badass. But anyways, acceptance. If, if I'm not able to do that in the moment, um, you know, there, there's, there's really no chance that I'm going to be able to stay clean and sober. I mean, that's, that's just that, that's one of the biggest keys. And I think acceptance is, um, is, is one of the, the biggest and most important things in, uh, in figuring out or coming to terms with the fact that, Hey, I have a problem and I think I need to, uh, I think I need to get some help. Um, Acceptance is a key growth factor for life in general, I think, too. Um, if I'm restless, if I'm discontent, if I can't accept where I am today, how can I expect to be in the right state of mind and to make the right decisions to position myself to get to where I want to be tomorrow? Um, so accepting that God has placed me right where I'm supposed to be at any given moment is an important component to my inner peace. So if I'm if I'm constantly worrying about tomorrow, 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 which is when, when I was drinking, that's constantly what I was doing. How am I going to get here? How am I going to get there? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? Oh, I have this dream to do this. I have this dream to do it. Let's drink about it. Let's get fucked up and sit back and dream and think about how I have these great aspirations, but I can't do it because of this, that, and the other. You know, th- th- that type of mentality kept me held in the same place for years, for years and years, because I was not accepting of where I was at in that moment. It was reality versus perception. So I was unwilling or unable, however you want to put it, um, during during those years, during that time, to look at my reality for what it was instead of how I perceived it to be, if that makes sense. So when the day came and I was so tired and fed up and hurt and I just couldn't take it anymore, I had to accept the fact the fact that, hey, I think I'm an alcoholic <laughs> and I think I need some help. And I don't care what anybody thinks, says, does, cares. I don't care because I know in my inner self, my inner being, my spirit, my brain, my gut, whatever you want to call it, that this is not the way that I'm supposed to live my life. I'm supposed to live my life in, in a much healthier, a much more positive, I have much more to give to this world still than to, um, you know, let my life take me, you know, in the blink of an eye drunk all the time and, and, you know, abusing myself, self-destructive tendencies, um, all of that stuff. And, and so back to the acceptance, it really started with that, with accepting that. And is it an easy thing to do? No, fuck no, it's not. Um, you know, it, it's, it's tough sometimes, you know, it's tough to see ourselves who, for who we really are. And I've had, you know, there's a couple guests that I have had on that have had that experience where they've said, when I asked them like, Hey, what, you know, what changed for you? And there's a couple of them. Matt Mayberry comes to mind. Um, you know, the, the first one, but I know there was a couple more too that said, man, I looked in the mirror, like I straight looked in the mirror and I was like, dude, what have I become? Like, who am I? Like, I'm a lost person. I don't even know who I am anymore. Um, you know, and, and then and then comes accepting that. 
you know, being okay with that and saying, okay, that's fine. I can deal with that, but I'm going to get some help. Um, so this next one, we're going to move on from that acceptance. Such a big key though, you know, um, next one is what are your triggers? Um, so I think this one, this one was actually a post from the group. And, and like I said, I hope, I hope everyone, I'm not reading any names out of the group. Obviously this is a private group, so I would never do something like that. But I do want to point out like this post was an awesome post and I think it's relatable to so many people. Um, and, and this gives an idea of what, of what kind of, um, thoughts and things go on in this group that somebody might say, Hey, I could really use that group and and I could, uh, I could really find some help in that. So, um, this one says, what are your triggers? Um, and then it, it, it went on to say the post was, are you mindful of your triggers? Stressful times make me want to drink. Instead, I'm aware I have a glass of water. I ask Jesus for help and try to resolve the stress through meditation and prayer. We can't do anything alone. We need help. If it's a friend or God or a group going to church was always far beyond my desires, but today I went and I was glad slow steps instead of booze. I had tea and I felt better today. Yeah. You know, I mean that that's a, the trigger thing is, is a tough one too. And I actually posted some of my triggers. Um, first though, actually, before I get into that, actually, how many times have I said, actually, I think I feel like I keep saying actually over and over. So I'm not going to say actually again. I'm going to try to at least. Okay. So let's go back real quick and kind of dissect this post before I get to some of my triggers. How about that? Um, stressful times make me want to drink. That stood out to me immediately because that is the first coping mechanism that I knew. So when I started feeling stress, when I start feeling anxiety, when I start feeling any any type of feeling that I don't know how to deal with, the first thought, and it doesn't happen as often as it used to, especially in the first year, um, but it does still happen occasionally. Um, I think it just happened about a month ago, um, and it happened for a couple of days, and it was because I wasn't taking care of business, and that's that's a whole nother story, um, you know, that goes back to getting in my own head, but um, you know stressful times make me want to drink. Well, I need to know ahead of time, you know, what are my triggers? What are the things that can set me up and make me want to drink or make me want to be self-destructive, make me want to do things and start projecting this attitude on myself and other people that can, that can really be uh, hurtful or negative. Nothing worse than having to deal with a negative attitude in yourself and with other people. I, Ooh, I just think about it and I'm just like, man, I hate when I get like, cause I still get like that. Like I'm not, I'm not like Mr. Recovery and shit. And <laughs> I don't think anybody is. If somebody out there tells you that they got it all together, they're a fucking liar. So just, just run, run away because that's just not, it's just not true. You know, we all have our things that we deal with on, you know, on a daily. And, um, so I also like the fact that about the meditation and prayer, uh, something I'm working on doing more and it definitely does help. So whether your God is Jesus, whether your God is the universe, whatever it is that is the higher power to you, that's a, that's really what, um, you know, what this person's kind of getting at here is, you have to find that higher power and you really have to submit to it and understand that, you know, I can't hold the weight of the world on my shoulders. And through meditation and prayer, you can kind of get out of that mindset and understand that there's something higher that can lift that from you, if that makes sense. Uh, so I want to get into some of my triggers here. And this is just a, a list of a few of them that, that I put on here. So stress uh, and it, you'll probably relate to a lot of these, I would think, or at least a few of them. Stress, worry over time. That's like a time thing during the day. I just feel like there's not enough time sometimes to get things done that need to get done. It's so important, right? Everything is so important these days. We have so many things thrown at us. We got to do this and that and this and that. Sometimes I'm just like, man, fuck that. I don't want to do anything today, you know? And I think there's good and bad to that. 
So the good side of that is being able to let that up, right? And this is my fear. So now I'm talking about my fear, which can be another trigger too, but this is kind of in this worry over time thing. So I'm, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to fuck that. It's too busy. Like whatever the, whatever the case is, there's, there's some good to that because I'm not letting it overrule my life and overtake my life and like overwhelm me. Right. The fear in that for me is that I will let it slide so far that I will get complacent and just like literally not care because I used to get like that a lot. And so there's a, there's a, there's a line in there that I have to be very conscious of. Um, if that, if that makes sense. Uh, so stress, worry over time, anger, getting better at that, (laughs) getting better at controlling my emotions. Um, I wouldn't say that I get angry very often anymore. Um, you know, I've gotten angry. Definitely doesn't just go away, but it's definitely better. And, uh, I'd say that's probably one of the pretty mellow. I'd say that's probably one of the more ones that is not as uh, relevant, but there is relevancy to it. I can get angry sometimes. I have gotten angry sometimes, and it's usually at my own self-doing, and it is a trigger because anger, and I'm so like just built up that, man, it'd be great to just get fucked up and just release and not have to think about anything, you know, but... That's one of those things. Anxiety, that's another one, right? Anxiety, you know, maybe it's in a big crowd. Maybe it's at like a a baseball game or a party or a wedding. Um, It can be a little bit, you know, it can be a little bit weird, especially early on in your your sobriety, you know, when you're not, when you're going to some certain event or something and, you know, there's alcohol involved, there's people looking like they're having a good time. They probably are having a good time. I shouldn't say looking probably are having a great time. They're dancing, you know, they're loose. They're, you know, those types of, you know, situations can create anxiety for us and make us feel uncomfortable. can make, um, you know, make you feel kind of out of place. I know I've felt out of place before. Sometimes you kind of stand there and kind of like, I don't know, twiddle, twiddle your finger around or tap your foot, trying to have a good time. Now I can go to a, a wedding though. You know, like we went to my cousin's wedding out in uh in Petaluma recently and man I have a great time like I don't care that you know there's there's people drinking or having a good time like I can get out and dance and have fun sometimes I don't feel like it sometimes I do it just depends I think that comes with with time and uh and and may, who knows maybe for some people it comes in the first 30 days maybe you're out there and you're you're dancing you have to go to your cousin's wedding you know I don't know who knows everybody's different but just being conscious of of some of the triggers, I guess, is what we're going back to to bring this thing back full circle. And I have a couple more. Staying out late, one of my triggers. If I'm out late, sometimes I'll go to a show or something, and and uh, and you know, like I think Friday we're supposed to go see Madball. We're supposed to go see Madball and um, the old firm Casuals out in the city, and so. I think about that, like being out late like that, it, it gives me a certain feeling of, it takes me back to, to being, staying out late and partying. And, um, I have to be conscious of that. So even though it's, it's not like I'm, it's not like I'm in a, in a point where that worries me by any means. i you know, I'm feel completely confident in that. Uh, and I also like, you know, being able to, to be the, the one who's sober that can drive. I feel like that's like a service I can provide now. My actually, my boy Scotty, this is this is pretty hilarious. I think uh, my buddy Scotty might roll too, and uh, he he goes, uh, dude, yeah, bro, I love. Because I told him, I said, man, well, yeah, if you want to roll, like I'll I'll drive. You know what I mean? And um and that way you guys have a sober sober driver and whatnot. And he's like, yeah, bro, I love that shit, man. It's like kind of having a pregnant friend, bro. Just like you can drive. And I'm just like dying because it kind of is, I guess I'm that, I'm that, <laughs> if, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I'm that pregnant friend that, uh, that you ladies out there have for nine months that, uh, that can drive you around if you're, if, uh, if you're out there. Um, anyways, Oh goodness. I got to take a breath here. I got to take a breath. I got to take a breath. Um, all right. 
Staying out late. The smell of cigarettes. She tastes like cigarettes. <laughs> One of the best lines of any movie of all time. Um, I hate the smell of cigarettes. If you smoke, I don't, you know, I don't want to offend you, but I may offend you. I fucking hate cigarettes. And my dad used to smoke in the car with the windows pretty much up. And then I smoked for many years, so I don't want to sound like a hypocrite. I was a smoker. Um, you know, I smoked for years and since I quit, I can't stand cigarettes. So the smell of them, it does, it can be a trigger for me, but I, I really just don't like the smell anymore. So it's kind of like a, a turnoff in a sense too. Um, kind of just makes me feel like shit. Like remember when we'd wake up, I would, or I would wake up like the next morning after just getting smashed the night before. And like my fingers would still stink like cigarettes from smoking all night. And ugh, I'm about to puke right now. Just sounds fucking disgusting. Um, certain places, concerts, which I already mentioned, uh, playing poker. Played poker recently in a poker tournament, and I didn't really get urges to drink, but it just it's another thing that brings brings me back. Like so, you know what I do is I have you know like a, a Pellegrino, or I'll drink a Red Bull sometimes, or just some water. Have something in place of that to you know. Calm if there's any nerves or whatever. Restaurants also. Sometimes I'll go into a restaurant and get a weird, weird little thought or whatever. You know, maybe there's the um, TVs going and people drinking and whatever. If the bar's close by, you know, th those those can be triggers too. And then last and not least, some music. Uh, I'm sure we all understand that music can be a a tool that can take you back to a place in time. So I um some of the, some music for me too is E40 too short no effects Hank Williams those are the first four that popped into my mind when I was kind of writing some of these notes down is you know when I hear any any one of those there was a certain moment where I may have been listening to some of those when I was you know doing something drinking smoking I don't whatever it was and so occasionally, if I hear that music, it'll take me back there and it can be a trigger. <clears throat> Sorry about the coughing and all that stuff today. I don't know what the deal is, but it's early in the morning when I'm recording this. And uh, that could be why. I'm still trying to get through this cup of coffee. Coffee is another thing. Man, do y'all drink coffee out there? I'm sure you do. It's pretty common. Uh, common substance to drink in, uh, in recovery. I'm definitely a coffee fanatic and, uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. That made absolutely like, who cares, right? Who cares if you like coffee? <laughs> um, how about this one? Oh yeah, son. Bumping that stuff right there. That's another one. And then I think this one too. A little minor threat. <laughs> I had to throw some music on there too, you know? Bum, 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 bum. This makes me just want to just like jump in a pit. Yeah. Love that. I'm just, I'm actually just, I'm actually just being goofy right now because I got this app that, uh, that it's kind of like a soundboard app so you can play the now i can do the show intro i can do i can load clips audio clips up on there and all that stuff too so since we were talking about music i thought it'd be cool man to play some of my music bro yeah like i i like rage and i like minor threat and i like e40 and too short no effects yeah man hank williams is one of my favorites bro fuck yeah just kidding Write a list of my triggers to prepare and be mindful of them. That was, so, so bringing it back real quick, writing, this was a, this was one of the comments I think to this post, um, was that this person said, I, I want to write a list of my triggers to prepare and be mindful of them, which is kind of what I just went down. I, I took a list myself too, but that might be a good little tool for you out there listening, uh, to do write a list of what triggers you, what is it? people? Is it places? Is it things? Um, and then be mindful of them, understand them and figure out if you're going into any environment where there might be some of those triggers, then you kind of have an idea of, um, of, you know, what to be careful of. Um, this one, this one I will call out Cormac because I talk 
to Cormac often, well, probably not as often as I'd, I'd like to, or as I should, but, um, I've mentioned him on the show before and I know he's cool with it. So I wanted to, to bring on a little quote that he said, uh, from the group that I thought was, was good and interesting. It said, another thing passed on to me from a recovery friend when I was talking to him about starting my own business and wondering if I could do it. He said to me, remember people in good recovery are dangerous. We have the power to do anything we want. And, uh, I thought that was really cool. A uh, really cool piece to kind of look at because we really do have the power to do anything we want. And especially when we're empowered and we can see who we really are as people and we can, um, we can practice uh, doing the things that we want to do instead of doing the things that we don't want to do, but we do them anyways, if that makes sense, because that can tear your soul down and it can tear it down fast. And it drives a wedge a little bit each time in between. And, and when we're on a good recovery path, um, you know, it's powerful and it builds, it builds confidence and strength and, and uh, wisdom each day. And uh, it, we really can do anything that we, that we want. And I think if we take an addict's brain, right. And, or an alcoholic's brain, when we're very obsessive about certain things, if we can take that obsessiveness and turn it onto something positive, um, man, like the like we could we can really just crush because that obsessiveness can lead us. Now, got to be mindful of it and be careful of it too. Uh, you know, just because it's a positive thing, it could still turn into something if you're too obsessive about it that can can be, you know, can take up all your time, I guess, or maybe it makes you overwhelmed. <clears throat> you know, there's many different little components to that. But I think for the most part, if we put that energy into something positive, um, man, we can really do some, some great things. So Cormac, thanks for pointing that out, man. Cormac, all the way from Ireland, good homie of the show, been listening since man, probably the first few episodes, I think. So that's, that's one of the guys in the group that has been there since the start and always love to show him some love. And on his recovery journey, he, he shares quite a bit in there and um, just has some some great pieces of mind and uh, great things to, to talk about. So thanks again, man. Um, remembering the good times before we started drinking or using. Um, and this one, this one was pointed out to me because, or actually, let me just read, let me just read the, um, the, the post in there. It said, it took me a while to finish last week's episode. And this is from, from somebody in the group. Like I said, not going to say the name, but took me a while to finish last week's episode, but I just did. What a crazy story. Love the aspect of personal responsibility for your actions. Out of the whole episode, what kept going, what my mind kept going back to was me as a kid watching blood sport on VHS, practicing my martial arts moves in front of a mirror. And I thought that was comedy. Number one, he's referring to episode 102, I think with Joseph Noss, it's either 102 or 103. And, um, actually, yeah, one, one Oh two. And where we talked a little bit about blood sport and kickboxer, Joseph has some martial arts background. And so that had came up in the conversation. And so I thought that was funny because I started thinking about it. And then, you know, I started thinking about watching, watching blood sport and kickboxer. And, and then I started thinking about, you know, remembering the good times that make me who I am today before I started using drugs and drinking, you know, and that's kind of what sparked that from, from this, this post in there. Um, you know, it, it's, it's said in here, what kept, what my mind, his, what his mind kept going back to was him as a kid and watching blood sport and practicing martial arts moves in front of a mirror. And I can remember doing the same thing, like doing, doing kicks and doing the, yeah, I don't know. That was a terrible impression of Van Damme. But if you've seen a Van Damme movie, he does that whole, you know, that whole deal that, yeah, and it's like badass moves and just fucks people up. And you're just all juiced as a kid jumping around doing kicks and roundhouses and throwing punches with your buddies and wrestling. And that's the kind of thing that gets me pumped up to think about back in the day is, man, I had genuine fun back in the day before I started using drugs and drinking. And there's no reason that I can't go back to that. 
There's no reason I can't go back to that mindset in an adult mindset, of course, but still have that kid in me and not lose that kid in me that is genuine joy. And so I started making a list of, of some of the good times that make me who I am today. And so let me go down that list. Backpacking. I went backpacking with my grandpa, with my uncle, with some of their buddies, with my cousins. I brought a couple of my buddies, Dan, Aaron, uh, Kyle. You know, we went growing up and those were some great times that I have that I still cherish today. And now I'm getting back into backpacking again in, in today's life. So these things come full circle. BMX. BMX was a huge part. I would race BMX out in Napa when I was a kid. My grandma would take me and we put the paper plate on the front of my bike, throw that number on there and little Raymer be racing around, smashing on some doubles, you know, just uh, shredding it, trying to win that trophy. Man, that was a good time. Skate or die, bro. Always skated, rocking Vision streetwear, rocking the Santa Cruz gear, riding the skateboard around, trying to ollie and kickflip and shred the gnar, brah. Yeah, man. <laughs> Aggressive inline skating. Now, I want, to, I want to make something very clear here. Did you see how I phrased that? I didn't say rollerblading, okay? I did not say rollerblading because... I'm not even going to say what I want to say there, even though I should say what I want to say, but I'm not going to, but aggressive inline skating, quite different than rollerblading. Okay. So we would, we would do cool. So we go to this place called the grind. They had a 12 foot, um, half pipe and dope ass street course. And we'd be doing grinds and we weren't smoking pot. We weren't drinking. We weren't being self-destructive. We weren't trying to like, you know, do just, just that, that dumb shit. And when that stuff starts getting involved, we were having fun skating with our friends and being brothers, you know, showing friendships and being there for each other. And, you know, some those memories, man, are awesome. They've helped make me who I am today, like straight up. And I'm sure you have some too. And, you know, write a list down here. I have a couple more Nintendo, Used to play some badass Nintendo tournaments and Nintendo 64 came out or, or actually uh, Super Nintendo, then 64 and uh, obviously PlayStation. I mean, the whole thing goes back, but um, Nintendo was a huge one. And man, by the way, check this out. If nobody's heard about this yet, they're coming out with a new Nintendo. Well, it's a it's an old school NES, but they've redone it and it's like fits in the palm of your hand and it's got like 30 games built into it. Mario, Excite Bike, I think Punch Out's in there. All those old school games that I used to play when I was um, when I was a kid, and uh, I'm so juiced to get that. I think it comes out in November this year, and uh, I'll be able to share that with my kids too. And and I don't, you know, I don't I don't know how they'll. We've never really been into video games. I guess we have a Wii, so we did some bowling. My daughter kicked my ass in bowling actually on Wii many times, um, but good memories there. Baseball, traveling with with teams and friends, uh, some of those times, some of the best times of my life. Music, we already kind of touched on that. And the last one is movies. Let me th- shoot out a couple movies you might relate to. Gleaming the Cube, Christian Slater, skate movie, one of the dopest movies ever. Rad, I know, I don't know if everyone's seen Rad. It's an old school BMX movie. Rambo First Blood. Tell me why my grandma, Grandma Pat, who I spent a ton of time with as a kid, used to let me watch the most fucked up movies like as a kid that a kid probably shouldn't watch shooting here you go yeah shaner put it in on vhs i would watch rambo first blood over and over don't it just badass he had a hunting knife like he was just he was just rad just super rad dude um and home alone home alone was one of my favorites that i thought back to that really was a, a fun time um there's a little bit of all of those characters from those movies in me Um, and that's something I realized as I kind of was writing these out yesterday, I think that's why I like these movies because growing up it was, you know, I took little pieces of them that I'd like and, um, and they were sentimental. I was doing something other than drinking (laughs) at these times, you know? And so we can go back to that. We can go back to those good times when we were young before all this madness started and we can remember those and we can realize that those times made me part of who I am today, even though I may have lost that for a period of time, maybe it's five years, maybe it's 10, maybe it's 20, maybe it's more than 20, who knows, but they can always come back if we go find them and we go find ourselves and we be honest with ourselves and we, we, um, you know, we change.
Um, I have just a little bit more, and then we're going to wrap this one up for today. I appreciate you guys hanging in there and listening. I know it's a bit of a different episode. I decided I wanted to do some monologue episodes. I don't have many on the books coming up uh, as far as guests. That may change. You know, who knows? But um, I had a few commitments that I kept, of course. And other than that, we're going to try to rock some 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 different episodes coming up and change it up a little bit. So the early recovery, I'm sorry, in early recovery is a challenge. We kind of touched on that a little bit. We're lost, confused, angry, frustrated, insecure, hopeless, searching for purpose, or we just have a bad case of the fuck it. And especially in early on, or when we're trying to get sober, or maybe we're going back and forth and we stay sober for a week and then we, we fall off and we get that bad case and it can be tough. Um, so I made a list of, and, and I do this because I noticed, you know, or I didn't notice, but of course there's a lot of people in the group and just out there in general that are in early recovery. And so here's, here's a few things that I thought of that have helped me and that may help you as some resources and kind of what to do. Um, daily support group or a 12 step program. That's huge. That's one of the first finding a sponsor. Um, and I want to be honest about this too with me. I, it took me a minute to find a sponsor, someone who could, I could actually work. And I finally just done that and found somebody that is, is cool. That is feeling, it feels right. I went through a couple guys where, and they weren't bad dudes. It wasn't, it wasn't really them. It just, just wasn't a fit at the time. And I don't think I was ready to do it. Um, I had other support, so it wasn't like I didn't have anybody. Um, but you know, and don't, I think I was a little bit too picky too. I think it was in my own ego and in my own mind, I was being too picky. I probably should have just stuck it out and worked with, with, um, you know, one of these, one of these guys. Um, and that's something that I've thought about and I can't change it. It is what it is, but I want to be honest about it with you because I think that that's, you know, it, it just, it doesn't work all the time how we expect it to. Like I thought I was going to get out and I was going to find this awesome sponsor and we're going to work together. And I had this like little picture built up in my brain and it didn't work out like that. And so I didn't let it work itself out. If that makes sense, I kind of quit too early. In any case, thank God today I have found somebody who I can work with and, and we're kind of doing that right now. And it's been fucking awesome. So, um, find a sponsor exercise, definitely huge early in recovery. Um, exercise can be a great thing to replace, get those endorphins running, whether it's walking, exercising, strong lifts program, which we had mentioned earlier, um, any number of things, staying active, um, connect with other addicts, alcoholics in recovery, removing people and places from our routines, uh, changing our routines. So for instance, if you went to, if you say you went to work and you went a certain way and that was a trigger for you, or maybe on your way home from work, you stopped at a certain store to get a certain beverage of your choice or whatever, um, change that routine, change that driving route. That's just a little example of, of that. And that can branch out to a much wider scope, of course, but, um, communications, learning how to communicate. That's huge. That goes back to what we read in the big book earlier about immediately stating something, immediately saying like, I need to talk about this, not letting it fester inside, which can in turn lead to days, weeks, and months of being fucked up in our own brains. Finding a power greater than ourselves. Huge. Absolutely huge. My power is God. My power is Jesus Christ. That's my higher power. That is um, everything for me. And it has saved my ass and I'm learning a little bit more every single day about it. Um, you know, about that relationship about building it, about trusting it, about faith. Um, I will never be perfect at it. I will never be as good as I want to be at it. I'm going to sure try my, my, my best to do that, but it's just part of the game. And I'm, I'm learning to accept that too. Um, so higher power, accepting my past and being ready and willing to change. Let me read that one more time. That's a huge one too. Accepting my past and being ready and willing to change. And I must be willing to go to any length to change unless it's like something ridiculous, like eating a butt with a spoon or something like that to be disgusting. I got to disgust you a little bit, right? We got to laugh a little bit. That's, you know what? I didn't put that one on there, but since I said it and laugh, 
have some joy. Don't take, don't take everything so seriously. Don't take yourself so seriously. You know, this life is meant to be fun. God didn't intend us to be here and stress out and be overwhelmed about everything for all of our lives. That's not his intentions for us. His intentions for us are to live a peaceful life and to help other people be there for those um, that we care about and show love. Show love to your neighbor, to a stranger, to your kids, to your wife, to your husband, to your mom, your dad, your family, and to God, of course. So I'm going to end with page 417 in the big book, which I thought was pretty relevant. This is another tool that uh, that you can use on on the daily that um, you know that that can help, especially early. But you know, no matter how many years we have of sobriety. You know, this is something that that is really important. So, and it says, an acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life unacceptable to me. And I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Until I could accept my alcoholism, I could not stay sober. Unless I accept life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as what needs to be changed in me and my attitudes. Personal responsibility. And we're going to leave it at that. I appreciate everybody listening today. Um, I appreciate your support in the group. And... uh, everything that y'all do out there to help keep me sober and stay on point peace love respect keep your blood clean